the guy. Just get well, just save it. Save it. Just say, Welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. We're going okay. to talk about Carol Welcome today. Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. <laughs> Esther just made me stop talking so I could talk about it while we were recording. <laughs> because we're like brainstorming what we wanted to start the episode with. And we had all these ideas. And then I was like, We could talk about something fun we've been watching, but not Tiger King because I get too ranty. <laughs> But we get ranty for different reasons. So tell us your reason why you're a little ranty about Tiger King. Oh, my God. Okay. So I have been, like, into the Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin story since the Wondery podcast first aired. Now they're doing this weird thing where they're, like, re-releasing it episode by episode, which is fucking stupid. Sorry. That is dumb. Yeah, that is dumb. Mostly because they want people to sign up for Wondery Plus, but the whole season has already been out. It's not new content. It's the yeah. same content. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But in the <laughs> podcast, it's way more about like the animal rights stuff rather okay. than look at these crazy trash people. Right. All right. their crazy trash behavior. <laughs> and so I had really strong opinions about Carol Baskin being like a good animal rights person uh-huh. and Joe Exotic being a abusive, terrible, terrifying monster person. Right, right. And then the Netflix show makes all of them seem equal. Like, look at all of these bad people who are doing equally bad things. things. Right, right. And the podcast talks about Carol Baskin's husband, like first or I guess second husband too, uh, Dawn, who's like gone missing. If you haven't seen the Netflix documentary, everyone's talking about it. So you either will watch it or won't watch it. Right, right. But in the Netflix documentary, it really does want everyone to look equally crazy. Bad. Yes. And so I just, every single time the discourse comes up and people are like, Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. I'm like, <laughs> no, guys, do a tiny <laughs> bit of research. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Not everyone gives this much of a shit about it. It's just like... Some people aren't as into deep, into true crime. <laughs> some people just watch the show. And some people, like me, are like on Reddit subthreads and like... <laughs> yeah, Like digging deep into shit. And I'm such a Carol apologist. I feel bad if anyone brings up Joe Exotic in my presence because I'm like, yeah, he's evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me your theory about Carol because I have only seen the documentary series but i have lots of feelings so what oh, are you have wa- oh you need you'd love the podcast girl okay well because i knew it was a, the podcast but i didn't hear about it until right as the netflix series was coming out yeah so i've been saving episodes the podcast it was originally part of a wondery series called over my dead body and one okay. season yes. was about joe exotic one season was about this guy who was killed in a murder for hire plot that was right. really really interesting too um but anyway so Having listened to both or having listened to the podcast and watched the series, I think that he probably just actually either started over in uh, Costa Rica, which was one of the theories and just did a better job of hiding than the cops kind of like. Well, the cops were the, bumbling idiots. I mean, the, that's what I was yeah. like, do-do-do-do-do, I'm a cop. You know, that's yeah, how I felt. Like, <laughs> we were there for three days and we didn't see anything. I'm like, oh, but Costa Rica is a jungle country that you're unfamiliar with and don't speak <laughs> the language of. And he has lived there for years on and off. So, like, right. I really feel like this guy could probably outsmart you. So I either think that he just successfully went to Costa Rica mm-hmm. or alternatively, I kind of think that his assistant might have killed him. Oh, you mean she, the lady assistant? 
Yeah, the lady uh, assistant because she was she was embezzling like hundreds of thousands of dollars oh. from them. So there's a oh. lot of like like little things like that where every single talking head in the documentary has uh-huh. like a bone to grind or an axe to grind uh, a bone right, to axe pick to grind. <laughs> with Carol a bone to <laughs> bone grind. to grind. Well, I mean it's fitting if they murdered Dawn. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> A yeah. human corpse to grind. Uh, no, I, everyone had a axe to grind with Carol that talked. And so I think right. that, that like kind of makes the documentary seem weaker in their argument. Listen, like like 10 minutes about Joe Exotic at the beginning of our tarot podcast. Welcome oh, to Wildly Tarot, people. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of it kind of fits. We did meet over murder podcast. So that's true. That's it true. Is, that's true. true. It scope. is one of our passions. <laughs> So what do you think? Well, see, the one thing I had a problem with Carol saying that she's an animal rights activist, that when you did see, like, even when they were doing shots of her in at her sanctuary, the animal, like, cages weren't very big, even though she had, like, lots yeah. of lands. Like, that's where I had the problem, like, where if you say you're an animal sanctuary, they need big enclosures for that size of animal. Well, so, and I, so in her, like, little rebuttal, which she put on her website, they filmed her that day with, like, a huge uh, fundraising event for right, the right. place. And so normally the animals aren't in the – normally the animals have – cages that are between 1200 and 2400 square feet right and the small ones were just for that one day that a year one day of fundraising okay. to keep the animals closer for that reason which is okay. probably still problematic but a little bit more but it wasn't like a all the time thing like they made it right. seem okay, exactly okay. that that makes more sense just as an animals person i was like excuse me why do you yeah, have they them need in more these space. joe exotic's cages are still bigger like why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But even so, hers still had, yeah. like, plants and shrubbery and shit. Right. And Joe Exotics well, they said, were, like... Yeah, they said, like, weeds. And I was like, that looks like good guys, cover. Those are plants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know the difference? I mean, all plants are weeds if right, they're right. just growing wild, right? right? Yeah. But for me, my problem so far was that a lot of people have been talking up Joe Exotic and things like that. And just talking about the crazy. But I see him, yeah. like, not only as, like, a financial predator on other people, but also as, like, a predator on people. Because, like, even his husbands at that time, like, keeping them yeah. drunk up all the time. And, like, them admitting that they did not want to be with him and things like that. Like, to me, yeah. that was more, like, predatory behavior on younger, impressionable guys. And we can find some wackadoodle southern glitter wearers that oh, are yeah. actual sexual predators. I and, know. <laughs> like, tr- yeah. guys who, you know... I think that the real deal-breaker for me that, like, makes me get so ranty is that he had this whole video series in which he was, like, doing terrible things to a dummy with Carol's dummy with name her, on it. And yeah. people just, like gloss over that if somebody was doing that to one about one of us it would be mm-hmm. like no that person is objectively a mm-hmm. terrible person not like oh yeah. but look they're so funny <laughs> with their <laughs> funny, language right. yeah yeah exactly yeah for me so it was just like ooh, it was just very problematic so to me it was just like the series did not make me feel good i mean it made me feel good that he was in jail and that there's other people who are being prosecuted because of this now and things like yeah. that but just like the animals aren't winning. Like one of the guys said, it, you know, we, everything that has happened, the animals didn't win. Like yeah. I'm here for, you know, for the animal sort of thing. And so. Well, and I think in the podcast, me. they talk so much more about Carol's like attempts to get laws changed. Mm-hmm. And right. so it feels like the animals are winning because they have people like Carol who are advocating on kind of like a national level for them. Right. Right. But in the Joe exotic story, the animals aren't winning because Mm-mm. 
he's in jail, but somebody else is running his roadside zoo still. Right, right. He put his animals in a situation where they couldn't win. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, like, the more that people understand how predatory those sorts of roadside zoos are, the better. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is like such a rant of mine. I'm sorry. We <laughs> no, have actual tarot stuff to talk about. We do. I mean, we could always <laughs> pull a few cards for, for Joe Exotic and what's going to happen. I mean, if we need to make it tarot related, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yes. even want to because fuck that guy. Seriously. I know. He's seriously. So I'm so I am glad to know that Carol is not as problematic as they made her appear in the series. Because Their main complaint is like she, I mean. All of the complaints in the show were things that Joe has said about her. Okay. All the things about her negatively in the podcast are things that, like, yes, her husband went missing. Yes, she was, like, looked at at the time. Mm. And that is what, that's what led Joe to say all these terrible things about her. Okay. And it does focus way more on all the amazing stuff that she has done to prevent like cub breeding and stuff. Right, right. Somebody's okay. going to have a lot of opinions about everything that we just said. So I mean, we'll just just post a thread in our Wiley Terra Facebook group and we'll let's yeah, talk I'm, about it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have nothing else going on. I know. We, we were down <laughs> for talking about this. <laughs> I mean, yes, we shall. (laughs) If the three of tiger cubs comes up, I'm going to laugh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be so fun. I am using the borderless RWS today because of our first question being about reading cards together. Okay. And I haven't used this deck for a really long time, so we shall see. I love that deck so much. Dude, it gives me with the card of the day. Yeah. Uh, 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 okay, so our card of the episode is oh, the Three of Swords. Oh, <laughs> so, no. no. It's just recognizing the pain of the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking, like, I'm more of, like, the podcasts that I'm listening to are podcasts that are not mentioning the world as much, but our oh, podcast yeah. gets so many questions from people who are dealing with dealing the world, with world that stuff, it's like yeah. it's going to be part of stuff so we acknowledge yeah. that the world is terrifying right now if you need to be into joe exotic to make yourself feel better that is totally fine but yeah he's a monster <laughs> yes please know he's a monster we do not approve of his messages yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, our first question of the episode is from Sarah, and she asks, I sometimes have a hard time understanding how the cards interact with each other. I almost seem to look at each card's position as its own separate question and answer. Do you have tips, suggestions, advice on how you learn to weave the story together? Do you want to go first? Um... I feel that this is one of it, like it's a weak spot in my reading style, but not necessarily a weak spot, but the way that I've developed it is a bit 
I feel like an elementary school reader when I do this. <laughs> Holly's much more fluent than I am at this. But my style of reading is I like to explain each card's meaning because so many times with readers online, they'll be like whipping cards out and then they'll explain the overall message is what they kind of focus on instead of focusing on how they got to that conclusion. Yeah. And I always like to know how they got to that conclusion. So usually when I pull a card, like I just pulled like the moon. So I'm just going to pull like three cards. That's how we're going to do this. Okay. So I pulled the moon, the hermit, and the king of wands. So okay. usually I'll go card by card. So if it was a question maybe about like, how's my day going to be tomorrow or something like that. Usually I would start with explaining the moon. Like the moon, you're going to feel a little lost. You're going to feel maybe a little confused tomorrow. The hermit, you're going to, it's just confirming things. You're going to be alone and you're going to feel like a little more solitude. But the king of wands is there to kind of inspire you. And you're going to be able to find that inspiration. Get stuff done, even though you're alone. Right. So usually mine is more of a step-by-step sort of explanation. And then like, um, and then I kind of summarize it all together at the end, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because it's almost like creating a sentence. And we talk about this a little bit when we talk about Lenormand, like mm-hmm. using the definitions you understand to create more of a sentence out of them right. rather than saying like, I need a story because a lot of the sort of the storytelling tarot comes from a place where you're utilizing the court cards as specific characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we don't like to do. And so it's more of just creating a sentence rather than a story and then creating another sentence, like pulling more cards to create another sentence. And right. sometimes people get really weird about pulling multiple cards for a spot, but it is really helpful when you're trying to learn how to read combinations of cards mm-hmm. to pull two cards for each question, because then your brain is being kind of pushed in a way to not just think about it as being like, oh, I have, you know, the five of pentacles, but I also have the knight of pentacles. And so what does the five of pentacles with the knight of pentacles indicate rather than it just being about like poverty and, you know, sorrow, there's also like a new opportunity. If I think things through rationally and start moving forward and that's where the knight comes into play, then maybe I'll be able to get out of this feeling of, sort of poverty and solitude yeah and especially when you're drawing multiple cards you you don't have a limited set of information in front of you you have more information and as more information comes out you have more details you can add you to me it's like not sometimes more is too much but i was just gonna say the only risk that you're running is that you'll have too many cards in front of you and you'll be like wait a second this story got off the rails (laughs) yeah i kind of got off the rails which is one of the reasons why two or three feels and Mm -hmm. maybe this is also coming from like people who like lenormand so much but right Two or three for each position feels like a good number to sort of start working those exercises. Yes. The other thing that you can do is like actually look at the art rather than kind of Mm -hmm. just seeing it as like, I know this is the definition of this card. Like, for example, with my five of pentacles, knight of pentacles example, the reason that I feel like the knight of pentacles is the energy that you're moving forward is because all of the figures in that combination are facing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And for us, English speakers, where you read from right to left, they're both face or sorry, left to right, they're both facing from left to right. So to me, that indicates motion moving forward. So it's rather than being focused on the poverty, which is the five of pentacles and the far left position, you're focusing on like thoughtfully bringing forward ways of dealing with financial stuff with the night and it's all moving in the same direction moving forward. If they were looking at each other, then I would probably interpret that differently. 
or if there were sort of like other things about the art that jumped out at me that might be adjusted. But in these two cards with the writer Wade Smith facing the way that they are, that also taps into how I would define it. I like that you mentioned the artwork because yesterday with my little tear group, they asked the question about, you know, what does the page of cups mean? And so I told him the basic meaning of the page of cups, you know, where, you know, it's like a very, it's like a very happy child, very joyful card, things like that. But I was able to bring out the, what's the deck by CeeLo Thompson, the blue backs with the owls. Line Strider. Oh, Line Strider. Strider. So the Line Strider page of cups, though, is a different, is a little different because it has like a black cloud on the back with the page. And so I was able to kind of teach them that you also can look at the artwork to see yeah. like maybe like in this artwork, if you pull the page of cups, it's not necessarily a happy card. But when you think of children, they can't control their emotions very easily. So they're so very wishy-washy. Oh, there's Esther, like, I love that. So I think the artwork, especially the deck, it can express itself in a more nuanced way than what we're kind of used to with the definition. So I like that yeah. you mentioned the artwork because I think each style, especially if we decide to pull a deck for a specific reason, like, oh, Lines Trider reads really well for this sort of reading, make check the artwork. Maybe the artwork can give you like a more of a nuanced sort of feeling as you're doing the reading than it would be just like three basic definitions that would come to your head. Yeah, totally. Another good strategy is if you have an Oracle deck that just has a single word rather than one that has like longer definitions, like Mm -hmm. one way that um, I kind of flex those muscles is just to use Compendium of Constellations, my favorite Oracle deck. Thank you, Claire from (laughs) Black of the Moon uh, for making this. But because each card only has one single word in it, it's nice for it because it's almost like what you're doing is like word association. Yes. When you're looking at the definitions and then trying to come up with the combination of like reading them together you're looking at two words and saying how do these relate to each other and how can I get more like complexity and nuance if I look at them together as words rather than separately as words and so using an oracle deck that just has a single word can be a way to kind of remove yourself from like maybe overthinking the multitude of definitions that each Mm -hmm. card has like as you're learning you know that Every card has so much nuance and can be read in so many different ways. So if you remove that by doing an Oracle deck that just has like one word on it or each card means one thing, that can make it a little bit easier to get to break through some blocks of like trying to encompass too much. Yeah. Which is hilarious because with Compendium of Constellations, I just pulled two as an example and I got teach and enhance. Ooh. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I'm using it, so it as a teaching as a enhancement. Teaching enhancing tool. Yes. <laughs> that's really cute. I love this deck so much. Yeah, it just works so really good. well for me. But anyway, but so that's still a great example though. Teach and yeah. enhance. Those are great words individually of like what I would use this deck for. But together, obviously, I'm enhancing my teaching by using yeah. both of them. And it's just yeah. that simple. You don't have to think like, well, what specifically am I teaching? And what should I specifically mm-hmm. be enhancing? It's just like, try to create a sentence from the meanings that jump out to you the most. And that's kind of where intuition plays in. Mm-hmm. And also one of the reasons why we made our Wildly Tarot deck is because once you have sort of a base level definition, it's easier to then create sentence structure out of the base level definitions that you know down pat already yes yes so and i'm sure we'll have a really good discussion about this specifically in our facebook group get in the comments so if you're in our facebook group leave a comment in the yeah, thread totally. about how, Tell you... Us how you do it yeah i love it because it's true we're like again we're not experts we're just passionate very passionate and loud Fixed yeah signs. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of passionate and loud. So we got a note from Tara Jean about last week's episode. And I just wanted to read it because uh, I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Tara, Tara Jean, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Tara Jean says, I heard you talking about the 12-step programs, and I wanted to share my experience in case it can help some of your listeners. Yes, it is tarot-related. Yes. (laughs) She says, I got sober in AA and NYC eight years ago and learned that a higher power can be literally anything. John Waters, a doorknob, the ocean. Yes, I've heard people use all of these. I love John Waters as an option. (laughs) Yes, that's so funny. Mine is very nature-based, watching bird migrations, using natural stones and crystals, gardening, and attempting to live in right relationship with the earth. Then I moved to Asheville, North Carolina over a year ago and started using tarot as part of my higher power practice. I went to a picnic for a sober woman and saw that everyone else brought their own tarot decks. Uh, Like that's what you're supposed to bring to a potluck, not just potato salad, which (laughs) reminds me of an AA story of my mom's, which Mm. I will share in a minute. I didn't ask her if I could, but she's probably cool with it. And she's probably not listening to this. So (laughs) love you, Tina. Uh, I decided to get my own deck and try it out. I've been using it for months now and it's been super helpful. I had an especially powerful experience with it the other day. I called my AA sponsor when I was struggling with work. She told me to ask my higher powers two questions. How can I see this situation differently and what can I do differently? I sat quietly and tried to listen for answers, but nothing came. So I reached for my deck and got the exactly the answers I needed. I pulled two cards, the magician and the tower. So the magician was, how can I see the situation dif- or differently? And the tower was, what can I do differently? Um, the tower showed me that my work situation is a total catastrophe that I can't really do anything about. I should just stay out of the way and the collapse. And the magician showed me that I have all the gifts and resources I need to live the life I want. AA saved my life and the lives of millions of others. Yes, it has problems like any other human organization, but I couldn't have the life I had today or maybe even be alive without it. I think one of the reasons AA is such a revolutionary force is precisely because it was started by upper-class white heterosis men in the 30s who realized that they needed honesty, humility, service, community, and immense for harm done to survive. That is That part is actually the part that I found the most powerful about this yeah. because mm-hmm. that is speaks to a lot of like the conditioning that men mm-hmm. have to not value those things, right. especially like historically where it was kind of like tamp down your feelings, don't ever admit you right. were wrong, all of that stuff. So that really touched me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not the first ones to have this idea. There are whole cultures built around these principles, of course, but because they are who they are and started this practice, I think it makes it especially powerful. I just have to look beyond the trappings of their social positions to the heart of the program. That's just my two cents. Just wanted to share for me that tarot, sobriety, and 12 steps can all work beautifully together. Oh, thank you so much, Tara Jean. Yeah, thank you, Tara Jean. So my parents, both of my parents uh, don't drink any longer. They would joke that they had all they could and it was time <laughs> to stop. My mom is coming up on six years in a couple of months in, Ju- in July. So almost six years. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I think, is like a little over three um, and I know that AA works for a lot of people. I hope that last week didn't make it seem like we were anti-AA because I definitely right. am not. I think that sort of pop culturally, the idea of a higher power, especially in the United States, which is so evangelical, kind of like mm-hmm. to its core, because that's where all these new religious movements started in the early 20th century that brought us all this evangelism. (laughs) I think maybe evangelism, I mean, obviously this was started by people who had those belief systems. And since I'm not in the 
environment personally mm-hmm. i just want kind of have watched my parents do it um and my mom went to like three aa meetings and then stopped oh. so that wasn't part of her journey as much yeah. um but my dad goes very 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 regularly still um and but since i'm not personally going through it i still think of it as like things that i learned in like my catholic school about mm-hmm. aa in general so of course right. that's gonna have a really deep focus on like Jesus and God right? and kind of pop cultural stuff where people are kind of like get a little bit more Jesus-y when they go through it. So I really love the idea. And maybe this is because you went, because Tara Jean went through it in New York city where there's like more, I love the idea of John Waters being your higher power. That is so (laughs) So great. But I think that like, that's really important to keep in mind. So if you're somebody who's like thinking about sobriety, sober curious, That's a good thing to keep in mind about AA is that you can yeah. have anyone be your higher power. Yes. And like that tarot works great for it. It does. I know. There, <laughs> there, there have been a few times where like I'll be reading books and be like, your higher power can be anything. And I'm like, but in the book, you're still referring to them as God and God yeah, is a trigger exactly. word. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. please. <laughs> so, but there are a lot of sober people in the tarot community. Yeah. Like Claire oh, yeah. from Black and the Moon is sober. Uh, the Spiritual AF creator mm-hmm. does a lot of sobriety content on I admire Instagram. people who are sober so much. And every, every time they post something, I will automatically like message them. I'm so proud of you. I, like, yeah. And because I feel like I'm sober curious because like of just things that I've been going through lately. Um, but yes, it's just, yeah, I'm just like sober curious just in certain ways. So I admire their journey so much to stand up for their bodies and stand up for themselves. Yeah. To say and there's that a I'm lot, there's like a lot more. of uh, discourse about how millennials t- like are kind of going in that direction of being mm-hmm. sober curious. Like if you're thinking about it, doing it, doing it, that's why there's so many people who do like dry January or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to make sure that people heard Tara Jean's voice. Uh, yes. And also sorry, mom and dad for <laughs> like <laughs> telling the world, I guess, but that's fine. No, I, I think, I think visibility is key and, you know, yeah. not feeling so alone. So. Well, and the other thing is that people who don't drink have freaking awesome non-alcoholic fun beverage oh, ideas. I thought you were going to say freaking awesome sex. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I'm talking about my parents here, girlfriend. Jesus. Well, they had I you mean, somehow. <laughs> maybe. But I don't like to think about it too much. Uh, but no, the, the like sober drink options are mm-hmm. so much fun. Like the idea, like, because I think when you don't drink and you go to parties, people are always like, here, uh, I have LaCroix or right. we have water. And so my mom always makes a ton of non-alcoholic, like really fun mocktail oh. things, um, like with herbs and fruits and fizzy and lemons and all sorts of awesome stuff. And I think that that's like something all of us can do for ourselves and our sober friends mm-hmm. <laughs> is just to like keep that in mind when once we all start interacting with each other in person again, yeah. that non-alcoholic drink options We're over are Zoom. Really fun Everyone's thing. over Zoom doing mocktails and cocktails. So. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> My mom, my my parents have a really big Meyer lemon tree. So one of my mom's yeah. specialties is like doing a big, super lemony, super herby pitcher of water and just keeping mm. it going all day by adding more ice on top. It's basically yeah. like spa water, but Meyer lemons are so sweet. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> mm, that sounds yummy, yummy, yummy. Anyway, we have other stuff to talk about. But thank yes, you, Tara Jean. We appreciate it. We love you, Tara Jean. So Esther and I have done some brainstorming about what will work best for us as far as labor splitting up for the podcast, because 
this we is had just... to reevaluate some things because Corona. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but so Esther is now going to be doing all of the Patreon individual readings each month because she's way better at that. And I will be doing the Patreon readings, like the community readings for the season or not seasons, but like astrological times or whatever strikes our fancy each month on the Patreon, because that is where my strength lies. Yes. So Esther, shall we? Choose a Patreon supporter who will get a reading from you this month. Okay, so please choose a number between 1 and 115. Why do I overthink this so much? Let's go with 43. 43? Let's see. Where's 43? After 42. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Floor, Floor, you get to have a Patreon reading for this month. We did a shout out for her like two two months ago i don't think okay. she got a patreon reading okay I'm sure she didn't get a patreon reading i didn't do her patreon reading did you do her patreon reading? i definitely didn't so if okay I was so, so- to, she just won again <laughs> <laughs> you get a second or first patreon reading <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> no but no we just did a patreon shout out for her recently so okay okay we were fine sorry yeah. i we're so, just like fine. i'm just kind of a disaster so we we reset stuff and now we're good i have like yeah a, a shipping station set up and my dad because our decks are almost on the way they're all are... at the end of production so... yeah they've been ordered but you're yeah. the one who gets the yeah <laughs> i get the notification they haven't i haven't gotten any sort of shipping notification yet so i'm trusting they're towards the end of um whatever uh, yeah <laughs> so... that's probably fine <laughs> It's fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm afraid that I'm going to get shipping notification. It's going to be like at your door two hours later. So That's fine. I'm working from But you're home. not going that, anywhere. That works really well. <laughs> In previous iterations of this experience, that would not have worked. But no. right now, that's okay. It's totally fine. So decks were hoping to get shipped out mid-April. So basically when they get to Holly, we'll see. We'll keep you updated because yeah. now it's the beginning of April and it always yes. makes me worried to <laughs> say to like promise anything. But so much the goal at the moment is mid-April for decks. I think that if anything else, this whole experience of having to advise students online has taught me that it's like I've always been pretty good at this, but even more so now is just saying like I have no idea and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> They'll arrive when they arrive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so would you like to do our Patreon shout out for Jessica? Yes, Jessica, your card is... Oh, yikes. Wait, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, sorry, one just Flew exploded. Out. I got the Hermit. <laughs> oh, the Hermit. I feel like that could it's, be for everybody. It's like everyone. That's a, that's a collective Patreon reading. Can, p- pull Jessica another card. We already <laughs> yeah, know that about Jessica. Jessica. We'll you one too. <laughs> thanks, Tara. We know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh. And I got the five of wands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It's okay, how can Jessica. We deal reach out to us. Uh, how can we deal with it? Eight of cups and oh. the queen of pentacles. So that also, hard. maybe the hermit was meant for her. I feel like an eight of cups, queen of pentacles is like, just go to the grocery store and stay at home. That's stay it. at home. <laughs> yeah. To, like feel as comfortable and lush as at home as you possibly can. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. All right. Shall we talk about our book? Yes. Let's talk about the book for today. This week, we are talking about Truly Easy Tarot by Mantis uh, from Rockwood 
Rock Ridge. I cannot. You ever can never say, say, that say Rock word. Ridge. <laughs> Rock Ridge Press and Callisto Media. And they say truly easy tarot will help any modern tarot reader distill a deep and layered practice into concise teachings, no matter their experience level. The power to draw wisdom and guidance from your deck is now within reach and the tarot's enlightenment is yours to behold. Within these pages, you'll unearth straightforward meanings for all 78 tarot cards and a clear understanding of how the cards' meanings and positions interact with one another. You can even try your hand at reading right away with illustrations and insight for 20 different card spreads that you can perform for yourself or interpret for others. Let's talk about the format and then we will go through pros, cons, and then we're going to do a spread with each other. Yeah. Okay. So it's a full color book, which I think really sets it apart from other books that are similar Mm -hmm. um, because every card has the Rider Wade Smith in full color, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. The format is, it's pretty short. The format is really straightforward. It starts with a little like explanation of how tarot has evolved over time. And then it just jumps right into the major arcana. Yes. There's like little like chunks of information about how to read for people and stuff like that. But it's all right. Like centering and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very short, concise. Mantis does not go on for ages trying to convince you to do these things. It's just (laughs) very direct. I think it's very much the lawyer coming out. Okay. This is what you need to do. Done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's super concise and great. And then the major, it starts with the major arcanas. Uh, each card for the major and the minor, which I think is also a huge strength in this, has two pages. So yes. the one page has an image of the card, Rider Waite Smith, uh, in full color, and then it has the upright and the reversed mm-hmm. definitions. And then on the facing page, there's like an entire page of kind of reading that card in the context. So there's additional definition stuff and just kind of like thought process stuff like here's how you can see this in this position and it does like a paragraph for both upright and reversed for each of the cards and i like that that in the paragraph itself it also bolds the keywords that were also mentioned at the beginning of like i guess on the opposite page i have the ebook so everything's kind of together for me oh yeah 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 so i like that those words are bolded so you can kind of like if you're having a problem and you're like oh like okay hardship what can i read for hardship and it's like okay uh, Five of Pentacles guides you towards spiritual empowerment to overcome any hardships. So yeah. that's really nice to kind of like focus on the meaning itself and the keywords. So. Exactly. So you can see both the like very brief keyword, but then also find more context because it's bolded, yeah. which I think was a yeah. really good stylistic choice. Yes. It, it. I mean, obviously the point of bolding is for things to jump out at you, but it's <laughs> It's not used effective. a lot. Usually like in tarot books, it's just like a long lengthy paragraph of explanation and it's hard to kind of find what you need. So this was like a very nice visual component to help find things. Yeah, exactly. Um. So it goes through the major arcana and then obviously the minor arcana, which starts with the court cards and then goes down to the aces, which is interesting. I don't feel like I've seen that a lot. But I like it because I think that the court cards trip people up so much that it's kind of like the focus becomes a little bit more on understanding the court cards because they're at the beginning of each chunk. I mean, none of the definitions like struck me as wrong. They're all great. Yeah, they're yeah, they're all really great. Like usually I'll check the seven of swords because depending on some people, seven of swords can be like the evil, like bad guy card or it can be like a 
problem solver card, and it, he definitely Ooh, tends to I go toward the, the problem solver. I like the realigning motivations for the seven yeah, I know. swords. Isn't that nice? So, That's the, a like, really so good the one. definitions were really good, in my opinion, like aligning with like more modern tarot reading instead of like the traditional tarot like stuff like that makes any sense like it's not like gonna be like he's a liar and they're cheating on you sort yeah of, like, because even the most negative of the upright is just secretive tendencies which is not right. saying like sneaky bastard it's just right. like there's a tendency to <laughs> See, keep to things to yourself secrets. exactly yeah. that's a really good card to use as kind of a benchmark for yeah. books about tarot that's smart that's Austin. my benchmark card usually like the queen of wands because either she's a bitch or she's like a fun like witch or and the seven of swords so <laughs> yeah that's a great idea so it goes through all the minors and then we have a big old chunk of spreads yes which also the- are in full color there's also two pages per there's also bolded information about like what you should be looking for and seriously the spread section is like 50 pages yeah and it, to me the spread section is kind of what sets this book apart from other intro to tarot books because like other intro to tarot books just have like the like usually they'll have like four or five spreads but they but these are feel very modern like um the heart connection spread includes positions where you can include other people in your relationship so if you have like a polyamorous relationship it's not just between two people you can have additional individuals in the relationship so i think that's really really cool and inclusive and if you've seen Mantis on his Instagram, the way he reads really comes through with the spreads. Yeah. Like the collective spread that we're going to do a little later, I think like that's a collective spread that he's used for his readings on his Instagram. So totally. I just like them a lot. They're just yeah. really, really good. I, I thought they're great too. And we'll talk a little bit more about them when we transition right now to the pros section. The pros are that it's super concise. It's really, really thoughtful definitions uh Mm -hmm. there isn't any weird gendered stuff in it either which is great Uh, i know that that was like a priority for him um and the spreads are totally totally amazing yes i think the pros for me is that it's very i i just had the word and it escaped from me (laughs) what are you doing cherry blossoms um approachable there we go approachable it's very approachable book and it's also like truly beautiful like yes. the cover art it's gorgeous i know i know i'm like oh it's so pretty like the colors are really beautiful um everything comes across like concise um approachable you're not intimidated by this book at all it's a great first time picking up like a tarot book and giving it to someone so yeah totally and i think also if you're somebody who really likes reference guides this one is a solid one um mm-hmm. and it's also well sourced like there's yeah. in the back the sources that uh, he used for all of it. I really like it when people, I mean, obviously it's like something that people have to do is include references, but I like right. it when they are references that I recognize almost. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not references that are like something that would be really unapproachable. It's references where like I have read a lot of these slash right. could easily get my hands on most of them, mm-hmm. which is great and makes it even yeah. more kind of like approachable and and uh truly easy imagine yeah. that <laughs> Ooh. just who'd, who'd have thought my only con is that there's a list of motherfucking podcasts for people to listen to that we're not on <laughs> how did that happen mantis you know us <laughs> so that's my only con which brings yeah. me dear listener to Tell people about our podcast. Are we not a good learning <laughs> No, I don't even want to, you to answer that. I no. know that we aren't necessarily beginners-ish because we only went through the major arcana in many episodes, not any of the minor arcana. But 
Tell your friends about us. Yeah. We want to be up here. We want to be in books <laughs> of cool podcasts. Yeah. So that's my only con. <laughs> my only con was something that you liked, but my only con is that I don't like that after the court cards, he went 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, ace. That to me felt very, instead of stopping at the court cards and starting with the ace again. Oh, I see what you're it saying. It continued to go backwards. And to me, yeah. that was like, it just kind of takes away some of the like seven, the seven, eight, nine of pentacles is like to me a set of cards. So it kind of takes away that sort of understanding of that. Sometimes tarot can be in like triplet sets. So yeah, for me, that was just point. kind of felt unnatural, but it's not, it's just my sort of feeling about stuff. It's not that it's bad. It's not, you know, just for me, the con was just like, this doesn't sit right. So yeah, totally. That That's the only sense. thing. All right. Shall we do a spread together? Yes. I'm going to change tarot decks because I was using um, Panda Tarot from Kim, but I'm going to change to a different deck. Can I tell you, I put a freaking sticky note to remind myself what page this is on. And when I was looking for it, I still was like looking at each title rather than just looking for my actual bookmark. If that doesn't tell you how functional my brain is these days, I don't know what does. The allergies are just getting to us. That's, that's I know. It's so crazy that we both have these like intense allergies to something that surrounds us completely. Like mine is just specifically eucalyptus and I'm surrounded by eucalyptus. Yes, yes. And mine is cherry blossoms, and the cherry blossoms, like, exploded last week, so now I'm like... Well, and the town that you live in is known for its cherry blossoms. Cherry blossom festival! It's not... (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what am I supposed to do? I know, I know. Okay, so I changed to the Vindor tarot deck. Ooh, that's fun. I like that. I'm going to change to the happy tarot, I think. Oh, I love happy tarot. I organized this space for the first time in probably a month and a half. Mm -hmm. I feel like I know where everything is now and it feels really good. It can be so overwhelming when you're home all the time to like, I don't know, keep things looking nice. I know. I gave, I feel very deckless because I gave away probably like 12 decks to my tarot group. Shut up. What did you give away? Lots of decks. Uh... (laughs) I don't remember like what I named them now. Um, Okay. So I did give light seers to one of the girls because she kept not getting first pick for, because she's very generous person. So she'd allow like all the, like the younger girls pick what decks they wanted first, but she was really attracted to light seers. And so I was like, here, I'll give this to you because to me, it's like, if she's going to enjoy the deck and use the deck, then I'm just, you know, I'm not going to stand in the way. Like, and it's the mass market. So it's not like it's a mass market version. So it's not like like a $400 deck. Exactly. I probably still would have given it away anyway, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah. That's just like me. I'm like, oh, here's a tarot deck you can have. But yeah, I I gave away Line Strider, Lightseers, other kins. It's basically decks that I knew would be easily readable for them, and that were mass market, and that I wouldn't like miss super much. Yeah, so totally. That's so generous of you. And I knew I could get like light. I could get any of them back if I wanted to. If I decided yeah, that's to. true. Okay, so the spread that we're doing is the collective reading spread. The reading tip says, although you can use the spread to check in on your personal relation to the collective, it can also be a powerful ally when doing public readings or in group settings. I love that idea. And he kind of talked in the divination tip section. He talks about like ways he's utilized or ways to utilize it, like do upcoming readings uh, for like a full moon or for a season or whatever. Uh, and because it focuses on 
like guidance almost, like mm-hmm. what the challenges are. So I guess actually what would be more helpful would be to just say what the positions are. Oh, yes. The positions are collective energies in one, individual energy, collective challenges, blessings for all, collective insight, and an energetic pull. So shall we just go every other or do you want to each pull a card for each position? Well, we did just do our question about how to read cards together. And we both said that we like to read two cards at a time or more. So I'd like to get a better understanding. Should we? Well, maybe we go back and forth then and we each just pull two cards two for cards? each of the okay. positions. I think that's that might good. be a okay. cool way to illustrate that yeah. too. Yeah, we can do it that way. Okay, you go first. Collective energies, okay. Esther. Okay. Or this is, are these, who's our audience? Like the Wally Tarot p- people? Sure, like, wildlings. Who, who, <laughs> wildlings. Okay, <laughs> wildlings. Okay, so this is a collective reading for the wildlings. With my head in the right brain space. Okay, so collective energies of our wildlings. Let's see. Five, six, seven. Okay, let's see. <laughs> The Eight of Pentacles and the Ace of Wands. To me, it's like there's some sort of, um, like there's this energy that's like underlining the work that you feel like you need to perfect. Like we're all in this working mode and there's just this, a lot of this energy that's kind of giving us this sense of unrest. Like to me, I see the Ace of Wands here as like this sense of unrest in our like perfecting this work and kind of like wanting to do lots of things, but we're kind of stuck in our like doing our, I don't want to say like daily tasks, but doing these tasks that we need to continue to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think that a lot of people probably are just like trying to really get a handle on stuff. Right. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. For individual energy, I think that this aligns with that really well. For individual energy, I got the six of swords and the world. Okay. And I feel like that's kind of like reading those together. Um, it was in that order. So leaving reading those together is kind of, uh, like indicating that the individual energy is sort of about like moving out of maybe that day-to-day anxiety that came up in the collective energy and towards sort of seeing us as part of a greater whole with the world. Like they're sort of leaving more of an isolated place to be focused more on a collective place. Mm-hmm. For three is collective challenges i drew the five of wands and the four of wands and i just think it's you're trying to find happiness in this chaotic space like there's just going to be like this chaos that's not going to be explainable too many cooks in the kitchen too much stuff is kind of happening and you're trying to still find that sense of happiness and home and like security in all of this so that's kind of like the challenge i love the four of wands so much (laughs) blessings for all position four i get i said i got but i hadn't pulled yet so i said i get (laughs) the queen of wands and the star so the blessings for all is esther (laughs) (laughs) thank you you're welcome everybody (laughs) no the the blessings for all being the queen of wands and the star i think it could be kind of like the hope of feeling like you sort of have a handle on stuff that like yeah. sort of that inspirational stuff of the queen of wands where, or of all of the wands where it's like you're working towards something. The queen is kind of established and knows how to like express that. Here's what we're doing. Here's where we are energy to other people. And with the star, it's kind of like the blessing for everyone is that there is optimism and kind of like glimmers of hope because we sort of have more of a handle on what's going on now. Yeah. 
And Collective Insight Mantis kind of says that Insight is our guidance card giving us all the medicine and light as we traverse this experience together. And for that position, I got the Seven of Wands and the Knight of Cups. I've always felt like the Knight of Cups was like this um, individual who sees like the world through rose-colored glasses, who sees the most optimistic side of the world. Uh And so like the Insight, the medicine for this is like, keep your defenses up. Don't cower at the challenges that we're facing right now, but keep your keeping optimistic. Don't feed into the negativity that you're kind of being bombarded with every day. Yeah, that makes sense. And I got for energetic pull, and he says the energetic pull gives us the tendencies or directions that the common energies are headed towards. So the energetic pull is the eight of cups and the ace of cups. Okay. So I think that is kind of saying that sort of similar to what you were just saying, Esther, it's like the energetic pull is to sort of release the emotional like baloney that's kind of built mm-hmm. up. And start thinking about things in new ways of, like, going about change. Yeah. And, like, emotional yeah. change, especially. Yes, yes. I Yes, I love that. Oh, this was such a good spread. Ugh. Good spread. Mantis. Good spread. All these, all the spreads are really good, but this was like a really, really nice, meaningful one, even for me right here. So yeah. and I pulled four wands. I pulled four wands. So many wands. Yeah, we so got a lot. I got wands. a wand, too. You did. A lot of wands. So anyway, Mantis, you did a great job in this. Next you time did. you write a book, please include us as a podcast <laughs> to listen to. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. We'll link this in our our Amazon shop. So you can find it on Kindle Unlimited, which is how I read it. So if you have that sort of subscription for Kindle, yeah. you can find it there. And the other cool thing is that Rockbridge is a, like a bit of a smaller esoteric publisher. Mm-hmm. And so it's always really cool to kind of support those. I mean, yes. it's not super tiny it's still pretty big but it's not like it's harper collins or something like, yes yeah, yeah this yeah. is like oh, a yeah, cool definitely. spiritual publisher i love it so next week we are talking about sacred creators from yes. chris and donnelly pixie curio and i'm really excited about this it's about to go mass market too but we both have the indie versions yes so we thought this would be a good time to talk about it yep so you can buy it before it goes mass market yeah <laughs> exactly because yeah we're just, i'll tell you next week what's going yeah on. we have so, yeah we'll give exactly. you the tea next week the tea well, is coming yeah. next week <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of thoughts <laughs> yes. mostly about what actually constitutes a sacred creator basically <laughs> uh, but yeah we will do that next week and that's our show so don't forget to send us your questions you can find all of our contact information and also our shop at wildlytarot.com and also tell your friends about us just like we said so other people mm-hmm. can promote us in their book <laughs> And also rate to review us. It helps us grow. We really, really appreciate it. We really do. We really do. You can also follow (laughs) follow us on Wildly Tarot Podcast uh, on Instagram or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also, as always, a big thanks to at Wild Woman Magic for putting together show notes with timestamps for our website. (laughs) And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. We do. Yay. (laughs) 